as we approach the annual commemoration of Martin Luther King Jr., and especially for those of us who live in Montgomery, it's natural to pause and reflect on the experience of the African-American people in this country. And I've been doing that a little bit over the past few months. I watched Ken Burns' documentary on the Civil War, and just this past week, I went to see the movie Harriet about the great abolitionist Harriet Tubman, one of the conductors of the Underground Railroad. And I learned that she traveled mostly on foot over 100 miles to her freedom. Thank God, slavery has been abolished and civil rights have been largely established. But even though we have accomplished those things, we all know that our country is still dealing in some ways with those chapters in our history. Over the past several years, we've seen racial tension and some undeniable anger about so many things that are related to these chapters in American history. Now, it's not my place or my concern to judge which anger is justified and which is not. I'm sure there's plenty that is and plenty that is not. What is my concern is to acknowledge the reality of that anger and to remind us of something. St. Maximus, the confessor, whom incidentally we commemorate the day after Martin Luther King Jr., once wrote, Christ does not want us to feel the least hatred, resentment, anger, or wrath toward anyone in any way or on account of any transitory thing whatsoever. And this is thoroughly proclaimed in the Gospels. Talk about a high bar for us. But we do get angry because we're humans. And when we get angry, it's a sign that there's something to confront, whether that's something external to us like slavery or something inside of us, perhaps some version of our own selfishness. And so while a lot of these big political and legal battles may be over, the spiritual struggle, brothers and sisters, remains. And the good news for us today that we heard thoroughly proclaimed in the gospel and the epistle is that Christ has won the spiritual war. He has won it. And although we still fight our personal battles, whether external or within us, we know that we live and we fight and we engage in that struggle with the hope, the indestructible hope and the assurance that he has been triumphant. We heard today in the gospel that the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. That upon those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. And we heard in the epistle that Christ, through his victorious death, his crucifixion, his resurrection, has descended into hell, captured captivity, enslaved slavery, put death to death, and ascended into heaven so that he can fill all things with his grace, including all of us 
with his gifts. Just like a conquering king who plunders a fortified city distributes the plunder to all his soldiers, he has given us gifts. And that's the part I really want to focus on today because we heard something else in the epistle reading today. He has given us gifts, but he has a purpose for the gifts he has given us. And the purpose is, we heard, to equip the saints. That's all of us. To build up the body of Christ. That's not a building. That's all of us. For the work of service or ministry. So that we all, individually and collectively, can do the commandments of God. That's the purpose of the gifts he's given us. So what are we going to do with all this today? And it's simply the words, I owe you, which is appropriate. As you think of what you will do with all God has given you. So I owe you. I stands for identify. Identify the gifts that God has given you. Now you can go and take Strengths Finder online or something like that. There's some nifty little tools that you can use, and I like that one. But the simplest way is just to ask a couple people who know you well. Hey, you know me pretty well. What do you think of the gifts that God has given me? Can you do that today in the fellowship hour? You grab someone who knows you in the community and say, hey, what do you think? What gifts has God given me? I challenge you to do that. The second thing, O, stands for offer. During the liturgy, I say, we offer these gifts to you in behalf of all and for all. And I lift up the holy gifts. I'm offering them on behalf of you to God. And so O stands for offer. Offer your gifts to God. And there's a very simple way to do this too. Once you have identified with some help from your friends and family, the gifts that God has given you, come and talk to me about them. Father Paul, people say I'm pretty good at this. Is there any way that I can offer that to the church? I think I'll probably find a way. And the final one, you, is for just use your gifts. After we've identified the gifts and offered the gifts, use your gifts to the glory of God. And if we decide to do this, brothers and sisters, together, we hear something else in the epistle, that something beautiful is possible. It's for us all together to start walking in the same direction. Not a walk of 50 miles from Selma to Montgomery. Not a walk of 100 miles from Maryland to Pennsylvania, although God walked with them. But a walk upward to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To the perfect man. Amen.